Yep. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Buds and Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And Riley, we mentioned on our last episode that my Yusei Kikuchi jersey just came in, so I was so excited to go represent. I took the day off work. I got in my car. I drove to Toronto, and I went to see my boy Kikuchi pitch. And man, let me tell you, it didn't go the way I wanted to, and I bet you it was my fault. I wore the jersey. Kikuchi probably got, you know, caught a little much for him, and he couldn't perform well. So the jersey is now on hiatus until the Kikuchi can find his groove yet again. And I know we'll touch on him a little later in the episode here, but we've got the Vladdy jersey back up on the wall now, and we'll keep that one going until the Kikuchi can find it again. And I'm sure he will find it again. You picked an awful game to go to, and it has nothing to do with you. The baseball gods just did not like you say this day. And you know what? I give you credit, Jesse. Not a lot of people have you say Kikuchi jerseys. It looks good. You look good on your, your post in heaven wearing it and supporting your guy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he he took a crap. He took a crap kicking against, um, you know, the one of the worst teams in the American League. And that's baseball, I guess. What can you say? Um, we split the series with Baltimore and we move on, Jesse. We move on. Yeah, a little disappointing, don't you think? Splitting a four-game series against the Baltimore Orioles. You know, it seemed like it was going to go good. We, you know, we lost the 1-1 game there, but we had Gosman going today. We thought things are going to go great for this team, and it's just, uh, it's painful splitting the series against the Orioles here. Uh, game one, Jays took care of business in that one. They looked really good. They won 11-1. Manoa was terrific again. The offense was tearing it up. We had 19 hits off Orioles pitching. Springer, Bo, Vlad, Teos, Espinal, Gurriel, Tapia, all with multiple hits. Game two, the Cooch was not loose in this one. Jays lost six to five. Uh, Kikuchi gave up four walks and two home runs over his four innings pitch. Gabriel Moreno did his part with three hits in his first two RBIs in the big leagues. And Matt Chapman came back from injury with a home run and two hits in that series. Game three, the Jays won that one seven to six in 10 innings. Vladdy had a four hit day, including a home run and a walk-off single after the Jays bullpen kind of gave one up late in the game there. Barrios kept up his good stuff with another seven efficient innings. And game four, the one that just happened this afternoon, Kevin Gosman kind of fell apart in this one. Five earned runs and only got seven outs. We had a home run from Teo and Vladdy made an appearance at third base this game. So after this series against the Orioles, the Jays are now 37 and 26. We're nine and a half games back of the Yankees in the AL East with a big series coming up against them next. So... Riley, lots of things to go about here. Who gets your first thumbs up? I, I mean, got to give it to Vladdy, right? Absolutely. That's how I feel right now. There, we we tore it up in in game one, and then we got lit up in the fourth game of the series. And in the middle there, we had Vlad Junior's first career walk off. Yeah. Um, he gets the ghost runner on second base, and 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 drove him in a hard hit ball like Vladdy does. Yeah, for me, he gets he gets it, man. Vladdy at this part in the year, he certainly doesn't have as many homers as we would like, um, but he absolutely destroys baseballs and hits them hard. And he did that in, you know, at least three of these four games. He's still hitting the ball hard. I mean, what what else can you say, man? He's our franchise player. And you know what? It was, my thumbs up will be position players and my thumbs down will probably go to pitchers. That might be the trend. But for now, Vlad, first thumbs up for me, man. Absolutely. Isaac kind of nailed it coming on our last episode here saying, you know what, Vladdy's going to really heat up. He's going to want that spot on the all-star team. He's going to want to defend his all-star game MVP title. So uh, good series from Vladdy and kind of quietly he's on pace now for 42 home runs again, which is pretty much what he had last year. Right. And it kind of seems like he's underperformed so far. So, Hey, good stuff from Vladdy. Good to see he's back. He's still here. He's doing his thing. So thumbs up for me as well. Uh, I wanted to give my next thumbs up to the wonder kid, Gabriel Moreno. The kid is here, Riley. I know we talked about him in his debut in the Tigers series and 
He didn't play in game one. He didn't play in game three, which I really do think he should be playing more. But he looked like he belonged. He had three hits on Tuesday night, two clutch RBIs. He had another hit in the game here today. And he also threw out Jorge Mateo, who was the third fastest base runner in all of baseball. And Gabriel Moreno just popped up, bam, threw him out. Guy looks like he belongs here. And I'm hoping to see a lot more of Gabriel Moreno going forward. I'm sure we will. Jansen, no real word on him yet. Obviously, yeah. the 10-day DL. And we're we're in Team Moreno right now. I mean, he is one of the most sought-out catchers. Obviously, the other one being for Baltimore um, right now with young catchers in the American League. Um, Moreno's going to do it all one day. Obviously, it's his rookie year. Um, he's getting his cup of coffee or whatever you want to call it right now. Um, the kid is good. And you can see it in his, in his, it, the way he plays the catcher position is something I never did. I appreciate a guy who can, yep. who can snap a ball off as fast as he can and make accurate throws. He looked good, man. He looks comfortable. That's he's got veteran like poise for uh, a young kid. All right, Riley, who gets your next thumbs up? Oh boy. I want to give a part one here. Um, you know what? I'll just say Chapman, uh, get, Part, a part thumbs up. He played really well in the one game. Um, and kind of a thumbs down for him going back to being considered day-to-day right now. Right. Um, I got a little, lot of little part thumbs up. Manoa was great in his start. Mm-hmm. Manoa was great in his start. Um, and Brios was – it was – all right, in his start too. Um, it's the offense. That's another part. One would be Tao for me. Um, his yeah. power is coming along just great now, and he's someone in in our order that we need to be driving in runs, and he's doing that. I'm with you there, Matt Chapman. I'll, I think he had two home runs in the series. He almost had a third. He yeah. hit one like 413 feet that was just caught right at the track too. Um, I was there. I thought it was gone for sure. Teo as well hit a foul. Not only did he hit one 461 feet in this series, he also hit one uh, deep down the line and left that just went foul. So mm-hmm. Teo seems like he's back too. And Alec Manoa actually had the strikeouts back in this one, as you've kind of noticed from uh, Manoa starts this so far this year that the strikeouts really haven't been there, but they were back here. And I think Manoa has just kind of realized his stuff is just so damn good and that people can't hit it. So he's just going to pound that zone with his sinking, his slider, and his two-seamer, and just guys aren't squaring it up. They're not making hard contact up Alec Manoa. So, therefore, he can be really efficient and pitch more innings. So, I think that's great to see from Alec Manoa. He's been – I would say he's been our best starter, man. I mean, he has making a real case for being one of the best pitchers in baseball. And he's just – he's got it all lined up for him, man. He wins ball games. He's a big-game pitcher, and it's his second season in the big leagues. I mean – He's definitely been our best guy so far. Anytime we, I feel like every time we, it's been just been positive with Alec Manoa. It's just been straight positive with him, man. And yeah, if we're going to win this division, I bet you it's on account of him pitching, you know, 20 winners this year, something like that, because he's, he's getting our wins, man. He's on, he's on track to do that. Another note on Barrios too. Um, his last three starts have been his three best starts of the season. And he has quietly had quality starts in five of his last six. Now the one that wasn't a quality start, he got destroyed against the angels, but Hey, five out of six quality starts. That'll work from Jose Barrios. It's good to see him back here. Now I would like to see him do it against a team that isn't the Royals tigers or the Orioles, but you can only pitch who's on the schedule against you. So excited to see how Barrios does in his next start too. 
So am I, man. And we did we did split a series against the Orioles, man. And we just talked about the thumbs up. It's time to talk about everyone's favorite, the thumbs down. Yeah. And I, I didn't say this to you at the start of the episode, but he's been slowly getting more and more thumbs down for a season trajectory for me. And that's that's uh, Jimmy Garcia. Okay, um yeah. Honest to God, man, I feel like the, I am not comfortable when he pitches. He's I know he's a high leverage role guy. I just don't know, man. He, you know, he gives up big hits. He gives up a lot of home runs. He gives up a lot of extra base hits. And I feel like he is slowly making his he's he's working himself out of a job. And I know we'll talk about another guy who's working himself out of a job in our bullpen. It seems to be a problem right now, man, is is, you know, these middle relief guys on our team. It's it's kind of you know, a big problem. Cause I want you to say that your next guy who you would have the same opinion on. Yeah. I'm getting worried here about Trevor Richards. I just want to make the point on Jimmy Garcia. I he's good, but then he has those odd blowups every now and again, yep. right? Like he had a blow up here. He had a blow up against Cincinnati. I remember, but for the most part, his numbers have been okay. The odd walk or two here. So I'm not ready to pull the, pull the trigger on Jimmy Garcia yet. This stuff just kind of happens, but with Trevor Richards though, let me tell you, I'm ready to pull the trigger on this guy. Um, we talked about him a few episodes ago and he hasn't gotten any better. His ERA is over 5.59. He has a negative war of negative 0.4. And the main culprit for him has been a career high walk rate at 12.2%. And only seven of his 28 appearances this far, he has not allowed a base runner. And for a reliever coming into the game, that's quite bad for Trevor Richards. I know he was an important part of this pen last year, but I don't... I think he's at risk of being DFA'd if the Blue Jays decide to bring someone up. It could be Trevor Richards off of this roster. Yeah, he's certainly on the chopping block for that, man. I'm, I, it's definitely not Garcia. Um, I just I just don't like – he's kind of going down the same path for me that Richards was, and I like to – I'll call that out now before it, it blossoms into a bigger problem for Garcia. But for Trevor Richards right now, the problem has been – duly noted and he has not improved um his season stats whatsoever and that's that blows me away that only seven out of 28 appearances um have been you know without without a base runner so Richards is kind of a guy um who gets the seventh inning right and sometimes the six and then in lower leverage eight ninth innings maybe he gets you know gets to go in there he's a guy that we can use and use a lot I mean he's a he's a durable guy and it's hard to put a guy into the into a game when he's almost guaranteed to either walk someone or, or give up multiple hits because that's what happens. So it's a three, it's a, it's, you know, five, three ball game. We got the lead. We throw Richards in and he puts two guys on base and now he's responsible for those two runs and they could come across, man. So that's just a situation where, yeah, Richards either ship up or sorry, shape up or ship out for me, man. You know who else kind of needs to shape up a little bit? I a ton of players, man. But who's their, who's your guy? Kevin Gosman. What the hell was that today? Our high money guy against a bottom five offense. And on paper, we should have won this game quite easily. But Gosman just didn't have it. He only got five, uh, seven outs, seven hits, five earned runs, one walk in three Ks against the Orioles. This is the third underwhelming start in a row that Gosman has had after his dominant first month. And I have a quote that Kevin Gosman gave after the game, and I'm going to read it to you and tell me if you think this means anything or something we should pay attention to going forward. He says, quote, okay, I just didn't really have the energy today to kind of keep going for whatever reason. I was just really tired out there. It's embarrassing to be honest, just to go out there and do that against a team. I think we should have beat. So Riley, what the hell does that mean? That's a whole lot of, I mean, 
is he blaming it on tired? Get a good night rest before your start. I mean, you get five days off afterwards, pretty much. Like, it's a situation, and Kevin Gosman knows this, that, you know, he's being looked at quite heavily. Like, oh, wow. Now, it's not one or two starts in a row. Now you got three bad starts in a row. So mm-hmm. now now you're kind of under the under the radar. You're not under the gun yet. You know, Kevin Gosman is far from, you know, in trouble of losing jobs or starts. Oh, yeah. He's going to be here but, for a while still. Oh, hell yeah, man. But now it comes to now that he is used as a starter every five days. Um, he's just if this is going to persist, he's just going to cost us ball games, right? We're going to he's going to get his 32, 33 starts this year with us. Knock on wood that he, you know, is healthy the whole 162 games. But yeah, if it persists, I mean, then we're certainly going to lose ball games because we haven't been winning them with Gosman. And he is someone that we brought along to this team who looked, I mean, we were, we were so high up on him when he started this year and now he's kind of, you know, fell to the wayside a little bit, but I expect him to bounce back a little bit. Maybe, maybe we do expect him to actually walk guys and, you know, give up some runs here and there. Maybe he's not superhuman, but I certainly hope that he goes a little more than, you know, two and a third innings and things like that, man. I do have a stat on Kevin Gosman. I'll bring it up a little later in the episode that might make you feel a little better. Uh, we'll see. We'll get your reaction then. Um, yep. I had a thought while watching this Orioles series that when the Orioles took the lead in these games, they were bringing in like a Felix Batista, their closer, I forget his name, but he came in and threw gas. And that's something the Blue Jays just haven't really had is these random hard, like these almost nobodies, quote unquote, that can throw like 97, 98. Like aside from their closers, like Roberto Osuna, Ken Giles and Jordan Romano, when was the last time the Blue Jays had a middle reliever that could just throw gas, right? I feel like it's been a long time since like Jason Grilly, maybe. And maybe when Aaron Sanchez was in the pen, like... Yeah. Who was the last time the Jays had one of these guys? Grilly, for sure, when he was, you know, our setup guy. And definitely Sanchez, it's been a while, man. It's been a while. Yeah, it seems like a blind spot in the Jays' development that they just, like, if the Orioles can find these guys, why can't the Blue Jays find these guys, you know? Yeah, well, Jesse, maybe we should go after a guy. I don't know, man. It's... It's yeah. I mean, now we're on to the bullpen conversation again of arms and we were just talking about Richards and I, I was on Garcia. Maybe he isn't the, the really big issue, but you know, maybe the problem is, you know, velocity and traditionally Jesse relievers throw harder than starters. We know this man. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it kind of messes with the timing. If you face a, a quality starter for seven innings and then in the last two innings, you got a guy who throws 97 and then say the closer throws a hundred just so you're, basically moving up the ladder in in velocity the entire game and we're you know Garcia throws just as hard at Barrios maybe a, a scotch harder but yeah there's not much uh, discrepancy in the velocities between our starters and our bullpen yeah which I think might be something the Jays look to add on here or maybe if Nate Pearson just comes up and throws gas I don't know uh, we're going to move on to our news and notes here. As you might have seen, Hunjin Ryu is headed for elbow surgery and is officially done for the year. Still no word it's officially Tommy John or if it's just some reconstruction surgery to his elbow. But either way, his season is over. And if it is indeed Tommy John, that means he's not going to be back until, I'd say, August at the earliest of 2023, probably September. And that's pretty much putting an end to his Toronto Blue Jays career. So, Riley, I'm going to ask you, do you have a favorite Hunjin Ryu moment or what's your main takeaway from Hunjin Ryu? As he's My... Blue Jay? Mine was how well he did in the shortened season. Mm-hmm. Um, it, he did really well in in the, the 2020 season. Um, and, you know, not not to take away anything, um, 
Ryu just didn't do it for me as a Blue Jay. I've seen a lot of pitchers come and go out of this organization. And Ryu had one great year for us after he pitched really good in the National League West for many years where he had just extremely low ERAs. And we got that for one year and then didn't get much out of it. But hey, Ryu's one of those guys. He started his career late and and later, like, you know, he didn't come up as a 23-year-old. I'm pretty sure he was an international pick and played, you know, 28, 29, 30, something like that. Um, I wasn't a big fan when we signed it to begin with just because of the age factor and the term we gave him. And was I worried something like this would happen? No. Um, But, yeah, I can't poo-poo him too hard, man. He was a, a, a good starter for us. It's just he had a bad... He's had a bad last 24 months with us or 18 months with his ERA and now injuries. Um, He'll definitely be missed by some. I personally won't miss him that much. I think he's a very replaceable guy. Um, That's, that's honestly my takeaway. I don't want to poo-poo it. It sucks. Anytime a guy is potentially, you know, getting um, retirement from an injury, Um, but he's up there in age anyways. And if he doesn't come back, like a Tommy John after Tommy John sur- surgery, he's not going to find work in, in major league baseball. Which sucks. Cause when Hunjin Ryu was on, he was good. I remember watching those 2020 teams and Hunjin Ryu was just carving people up. Sometimes it was amazing to see the type of swings people would get on him. Um, it does suck. And you know, I'm going to miss Hunjin Ryu. I liked having him around. I was really excited when the Jays did sign him and like those big time contracts, they're usually front loaded with production. Anyway, usually get your best seasons right away. And then they kind of tail off and that's, what's going to happen here with Hunjin Ryu. We'll miss you, man. Um, hopefully he has a feel good story and maybe wins comeback player of the year at some point. Uh- that would be excellent. If he did, um, my hope is just that, um, he is, I know his arm, his elbow might not be healthy, but just him as in general, I hope that the surgery goes well, everything like that. And he just, he stays a healthy person. Uh, he's good. I, I loved him in, as a blue Jay, just that sometimes, man, I wasn't big on his performance. That's all. Right. Some other news and notes here. Ross Atkins said, quote, we will consider deadline acquisitions and trade opportunities to bolster our starting pitching depth. As we did note, Ross Stripling is now moving into the starting rotation and will be for the rest of the season. Nate Pearson pitched two more innings for the Buffalo Bisons. He gave up a home run, but was otherwise solid. Two innings pitched, two hits, two earned runs, no walks, four Ks. And in that same game, Maximo Castillo, who was just called up from double A, pitched four shutout innings too. So keep an eye on that name going forward. Uh, Atkins was asked if the Hunjin Ryu injury changes their plans for what Nate Pearson is. And he said, quote, not really. A bulk inning reliever role still seems likely, but if he hits the ground running and is as dominant as we think Nate Pearson could be, there is a chance he makes starts for this team. I like it. I'm more up on it. It's good to hear that. I don't care if he gave up a home run in triple A. That's fine. His numbers sound good. And like he says, for a guy with his velocity and I've been notorious for a lack of control, um, like, wow, Pearson hadn't been, you know, Pearson not walking guys is huge um, because that was definitely, that's been his kryptonite for not why he's not, a top five starter for this team right now. And if he can hone it in, if he can reel it in, man, I would love it. If Pearson could eat start games for us, let alone being a stretch guy out of the bullpen. 
Like Pearson's got the tools, man. We know Pearson. I know you're big on him, man. Mm-hmm. I'm not as big on him, but I do know what he can do, man. And I do hope that he, he he'll come aboard here at some point this year, maybe in the next three, four, five weeks. And he's going to get some innings in, in, out of the pen, a long release style. And let's, let's hope and see what he can do for us, man. Cause he could be an exceptional tool that we use and need this year. I think it might be sooner rather than later, too, we see Nate Pearson. Uh, some other news and notes. Julian Merriweather was placed on the 15-day IL with an abdominal strain. Jeremy Beasley was back up in his place. Matt Chapman is still dealing with that wrist injury. He played two games but had to be out of the lineup and wasn't available to pinch hit today. So hopefully it's not too long for Matt Chapman. Bo Bichette took a foul ball off of his foot and is considered day-to-day. And Dan Schulman got in touch with Buck Martinez, and he said, quote, Buck is feeling pretty good, and treatment is going very well. Buck still plans to be back in the booth later at some point this season. So I guess no real good news, but it's good to hear from Buck Martinez and that he's still That's excellent news from Buck Martinez. He obviously is a big part of this organization, man, and glad to hear it. All right, so Riley, I've got some random stats for you. I'm going to spit them up, and then within, you know, give me a 15, 20-second answer and tell me what you think about it. Right off the top of your head. You ready? Sounds good. Let's go. Kevin Gosman has a 356 BABIP against him, which is the highest in the American League. That's yikes, man. I don't like that. Yeah. Usually BABIP is like representation of bad luck because once the ball's in play, yeah. it's usually a bad thing. So you'd think that's going to regress, but his start today, let me tell you, that number got worse. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's not going to – like. You can just you just think, Jesse, like, but it can't get that much worse, can it? Like, like, you know, when bad things happen and it's like, oh, could this day get any worse? Could these numbers get any worse? And yes, theoretically, they could. I don't think that that, that they get worse for Kevin Gosman all along the board, man. I think that he's due for an eight, eight shutout innings or something good for him. Yeah, I thought that was just going to come today. That's the thing. Yeah, I was told I was hoping it, too. It would have been great, but Adrian Hernandez has been closing games for the Buffalo Bisons. He has six saves on the season and a 1.04 ERA. He's 22 years old and he throws a screwball, which is pretty sick. And it sounds like he's been whiffing bats like crazy too. He could be an impact piece for this bullpen if the Jays need another guy sooner rather than later. Well, if he throws hard and then he's got a screwball, I don't know who how too many guys who throw a screwball. That's pretty 1950s stuff. That's right up there with the spitball and the scuff mm-hmm. ball for um for your deception tools for you for you people who like the old style pitching. But um yeah it's it's interesting man and a guy with that age he's we we'd say this pitchers take longer to develop um a lot of them do anyways you know don't rush a guy in the bullpen um notes though that's the thing. He's get he's getting out and hey, like this episode, I I'm pretty sure you'll tag this episode and I hope you do something something about the bullpen uh, because we're listen, we need some sort of solution here and if that's a solution to one of our problems, then by all means call the kid up. Let's see what he can do. Adam Simber is on pace for 18 wins, 23 holds and 8 saves this season. I, that's unbelievable. I don't think he'll get 18 wins. No, double chance, digit wins. Like... Double digit wins would be awfully cool for a relief pitcher. Uh, listen, Simber has been excellent. I saw you tweeted. There's no way Adam something about Adam Simber, Simber getting MVP votes. Sure. Um, <laughs> there's a hey, for a, let's put it this way, Jesse. <clears throat> I don't like how the MLB and the writers choose certain awards, yeah. but the relief man of the year award, which is 
given out to closers. You know, it's it's predominantly given to closers. A setup guy winning it would be big, but if any setup man in the league is winning it, Adam Simber would be an excellent choice for us, man. Yeah, like it's it'd be a nice piece for him, man. He's done really well. He's been probably one of my favorite. I mean, bullpen arms. He's probably been my favorite bullpen arm this year, just because I know I feel I feel good when he comes into a ball game, man. And again, got our uh, uh, you know not Gosman. Garcia doesn't throw exceptionally hard, and that's a kind of a guy I wish through ninety nine. But Simber, I like how his low velocity just induces the contact it does. I think that he is a great addition. But I'm going to go back on this, say this one more time, just to drill it through the topic of this episode. Um, we got a relief pitcher that throws, you know, 96 to 99 miles an hour. I think that would go perfect with, with who we already have in the pen, thus being Romano and uh, Simber right now. I think that would be perfect. But yeah, Simber, excellent guy. All right, Riley, I got a few more. Let's try to move through these really quickly, all right? Yeah. Since May 1st, Alejandro Kirk has a 428 Woba, which is seventh best in all of baseball. Seventh best. This guy needs to be playing more. Uh, yeah, I wish we could have three guys behind the plate uh, <laughs> most games. Um, the guy doesn't strike out. The guy walks. He gets on base. He hits the ball. It's And now he's hitting the ball with power. And Kirk, Kirk's done well, man. He's got to be in our lineup. If he's DH and that, that's fine. Give Moreno the, the innings behind the plate. Yeah. Kirk is awesome. He's going to be an all-star, man. He should be an all-star. Hey, so you remember Joe Biagini? Oh, yeah. I know Joe Biagini. So he's pitching for the Bisons right now. And he was just named the Bisons Player of the Week. He had two starts, one relief appearance, had a 2.08 ERA, a .71 batting average against, and a whip of 0.23. Well, there's another guy who was a bullpen arm for us in, you know, in a kind of a rough patch where we didn't actually have real pitchers that just kind of brought guys on. Biagini did all right. Um, He's kind of having his second life now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's having a second life with us. And you know what? Good for him. Again, I would rather see a younger guy. I, uh, he got a lot of chances with us in his first stint. And now he's just kind of an organization depth piece right now. Kevin Biggio's on-base percentage is the top 50 of all of baseball. And it's actually second best on this team behind Alejandro Kirk. Uh, Matt Chapman has the lowest WOBA of his career, but his expected WOBA, which is based on his quality of contact and launch angle, is the best of his career. So Chapman's getting extremely unlucky. And uh, like, remember, Matt Chapman has some seven more seasons in there. <laughs> so I don't know. I still think a big thing's coming from Matt Chapman. And uh, last, I want to touch on Santiago Espinal. And here's where he ranks among AL second basemen in many categories. His 290 average is the best in the American League. 788 OPS is third. 61 hits is first. His 17 doubles are first. He's got a two fan graphs war, which is first. He's only made two errors on the season, which is tied for first. His six outs above average is second. And defensive run saves, he has four, which is fourth. Sounds like an all-star to me. I was just going to say that you're reading these numbers and in my head, I keep thinking all-star, all-star, all-star. He deserves it, man. Uh, he, he basically, if, and good for Kevin to come back the way he is, but there's no way that we can get rid of the Espinal in the lineup, man. He's so crucial. He should be an all-star this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if he finished the league um, or fin- sorry, finished the year, you know, as as a silver slugger for a second baseman, Ooh, man. Wow. I know that's a spicy take, but you got to think, man, where he ranks. I mean, silver slugger isn't always the guy who hits the ball into the seats. If he floats around the average he has right now and second baseman traditionally have not 
been good hitters. Mm-hmm. It's the shortstop in the middle infield who's probably the the better hitter. Um, Espinal has a real good chance if his average keeps coming up and he puts a couple more balls into the seat, you know, maybe 15 home runs. If he ends the year anywhere close to 15 and keeps his average the way it is, I mean, I can't see a reason why he, you know, isn't in the nominations for a silver slugger. Well, Riley, after the disappointing split against the Baltimore Orioles, the Blue Jays are welcoming in the New York Yankees into town for a three-game weekend series. Game one is going to be Ross Stripling against Jordan Montgomery. Game two will be Alec Manoa against Jamison Tyone. And game three will be Yusei Kikuchi versus Garrett Cole. Riley, how are we going to do? What's going to happen? Oh, boy, man. I, I mean, I hope that we get a lot of good luck. We've had a lot of bad luck in this uh, in the last couple days uh, against Baltimore. And I, I, we need this, man. I, I would, I would take, I would take two out of three. I feel like this is a series where we could get blown off the map in one of the games and then put up some crooked numbers ourselves. Listen, we get, the Yankees got, uh, you know, a guy who's on pace for 60 home runs. Garrett Cole is Garrett Cole. The Yankees are a scary team. I mean, there's no question about it, man. They're the they're the hottest team in baseball right now. They got good starters. They got great hitters. It's it's up to us, man. We need quality starts, man. I hope your boy Kikuchi can c- compete in the season or series finale against Garrett Cole because we're going to need him to go six or seven innings to compete with that guy over there. You know what my take here is the Yankees have overperformed by quite a bit so far this season. And I think that regression is going to hit them all at once. I'm saying Manoa does Manoa things. Ross Stripling and Jordan Montgomery get into an offensive battle, but the Jays pulled that one out. And I'm going to say right now, Yusei Kikuchi outduels Garrett Cole and has a better start. And the Jays sweep the Yankees at home. And this is the start of the run and for the Yankees collapse coming right now. How do you like that for a take? I think uh, breaking news. You've heard it here first, <laughs> <Yeah>. folks. <laughs> Jesse Burrell calling the big Bronx collapse and the blue Jays will slowly make their way up the ladder. I love the enthusiasm, man. I'm on your, I'm on, I'm on your corner, man. I would never make a call as bold as that, man. But you know what? Let's see what happens. If Manoa does Manoa things. Yeah. We know what can get it done. Stripling has been hot. Kikuchi. You gotta be on your a game. That's that's it, man. And we got to get big hits. Vladdy's coming around. Teo's. I bet you Teo has a big blast and hit. He has an extra base hit in this series for, for sure, man. Against Montgomery, I think we kill Montgomery, but I think maybe Stripling runs into trouble. It's going to be an exciting series, man. Absolutely. The Yankees. The Yankees are an exciting team. Let's not kid ourselves. I do not like the Yankees, though. I hope we thrash them. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you are correct, Mister Burrow, that would be amazing. I'm saying we take one, one or two out of three. I don't think it's a sweep either way, but if we do. Jesse, you're going to look like the smartest guy in the world. Well, that'll do it for our episode here today. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on YouTube. And if you're one of our listeners listening on Spotify, be sure to give us that five-star review. You know, we're building up a little crowd and a little bit of a following here. So we'd love to keep that going. The NBA is wrapping up. There's the, the NHL is in the Stanley Cup finals. So soon it'll be all systems go for the Toronto Blue Jays. So make sure you buckle up with us and ride with us as we go all summer long. Riley, it's going to be a real fun summer. Anything to throw up before we get out of here today? It's the hot summer. Yeah, I want to, because it's a platform where we can say whatever we want. My Colorado Avalanche are going to win the Stanley Cup. I couldn't mm. be happier about it. My favorite player of all time, Joe Sackick, uh, winning a, will win a cup as a general manager. Um, he did it twice as a player. And yeah, love Colorado. 
Um, and obviously love the Blue Jays. And you heard it again. You heard it here first. Jesse Burrow predicts three out of three and then just a slaughtering on the Yankees. Let's go. It's about time. See you, Thanks, everyone. guys. Let's go Blue Jays.